Ladies and gentlemen, Killing the Business Wrestling Podcast is on the air with a 60-minute time limit. The man in charge of this episode is your host, your interim Intercontinental Champion, the King of New England, Sick Vic. Every day as I get older, I always look at things with fresh eyes. And I mean that as in, like, I don't want to say miracles, but amazing things happen. With when you put hard work into it. Speaking about great work, hard work, gets to me my co-host today, Ronnie Mack, former WWF superstar, former ECW original ECW when it was good superstar. How you doing today, sir? <laughs> thank you, my man. I'm doing great, man. Um, thank you guys for having me, and it's an honor and a pleasure to be here with you guys. Oh, the honor and pleasure is all mine, sir. And what I was going with my intro is you're the one that contacted me about, you know, coming on. And this is like, holy shit, Rodney Mack wants to come on my show. I'm just a small time po- podcaster. Uh, is this real? Is this reality? I mean, it's great that you're on. <clears throat> well, yeah, man. I mean, you know, everybody has to start somewhere. And, um, you know, Jazz and I are famous. We're always trying to help. You know, people get started no matter who they are and what they are in life. Um, so, yeah, we always reach out to um, the, the little guy and always try to lend, lend a hand. So with that being said, I hope by, you know, I'm some kind of help for, for you guys today. Oh, I mean, even, even superstars like you or like other people, like Barry Horowitz I've had on, James Ellsworth I've had on, the Worst case scenario that would happen is you gave me awesome memories of talking to you. That's worst case. So it's a right, win-win. Right. It's a win-win, really. So in your long in your long career, if you could just put everything to using one word, what would that word be? Why would you say that? Well, I'm blessed, number one, to be to still be in it. I was blessed to be um, um, brought into business by guys like such as Junkyard Dog, Rugged Rod Price, and uh, you know Scandal Akbar and, and and those guys. So, I mean, I was blessed. I was blessed with uh, God blessed me with the talent also to be as successful as I was with my height, my size, you know, and my understanding of this business, uh, you know, I caught on pretty fast. Um, and I always say that I was born to do this. So I'm, I'm blessed all the way around. I'm blessed that I found my niche in life. And I think, you know, that this is what I was born to do. No, I read that you were trained by the legendary Junkyard Dog, which to me, the Junkyard Dogs is always going to be one of my favorite wrestlers growing up. I always, I when he was with Hulk Hogan and those in the... Hogan gang, he was great. I, I absolutely loved him. Yes, sir. Yes, uh, JYD is the first guy to, to bring me into business, um, and, and 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 he he taught me more psychology than anything else. You know, by pro wrestling, he taught me the psychology and how to make money in the business and the business in general, how to carry myself, conduct myself, and uh, you know, just how to be a business because you are a business um an individual business but i uh 
Daz and myself, we, cre we credit Rugged Rod Price for the in-work, in-ring work. Rugged Rod Price pretty much taught me, he always said that I was a diamond in the rough and he was there to polish me up. I had what it took and everything, but uh, he was the guy that got in the ring with me and, and physically had matches with me and, you know, physically trained, trained me uh, hands on. And then, of course, he passed me on through guys like, uh, oh, my guy, he, he'll be here on, on our show February 26th. I remember um, him bringing me to here to, uh, to Dallas, Texas for the NWA wrestling at the Palenque. And uh, meeting guys like Iceman King Parson, um, and, and 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 I also had the pleasure of being uh, managed by Iceman and guys like Gary Hart. So um, you know, I've been blessed, man, all the way around. And like I said, I'm continuing to be getting blessed by dealing and still getting taught by guys like that alone. Jeez, mm -hmm. Gary Hart, though, that's another name from the past. I have a great deal of respect for growing up in my younger days so tell us about yeah. your tell us about your first match in professional wrestling oh my god man my first match in professional wrestling was uh wow back in um monticello arkansas um which is where i played football at the university of arkansas monticello and there was an outlaw promotion that was uh, running right across the street from us at the high school. And uh, that's where I, <laughs> yeah, I remember I broke the ring. I did a leg drop or something and broke the ring in half. But yeah, that's, that's oh, when that's... I had my first professional wrestling match. But I don't know if you call that a professional wrestling match, but that was my first match. <laughs> you just broke the ring in half, whoops. Yes, right there. It was made of all wood. It was a wooden frame with everything made of wood. <laughs> Do you think to yourself when you broke the rings, like, this could, this could be a real interesting journey in professional wrestling? Right, right. <laughs> so, name, so name someone, tell us some of the, your favorite memories of being a professional wrestler. Man, uh, I say this all the time, uh, and, and, and I'm being honest, though. I, it, it, every, every every day is is, is just um, it's, it's an honor and a blessing to still be involved because I, I have a great time wherever I go, you know, whatever I do, um, and anywhere I wrestle, whether it be on the Indies or having the privilege of being in Madison Square Garden or just you know just just being in the ring, being healthy and being being able to do what I love to do. Um, that in itself, man, I keep, I say over and over, it's a blessing and a dream come true, um, you know, um, but going, going on the road, um, just, uh, even before my WWF days, uh, going on tour to Africa and, um, uh, uh going to, uh, over to the Island of Mauritius and, and seeing places like that and, and being able to. Uh, meet different people from different cultures and different languages and, uh, you know, speak different languages and backgrounds and seeing how beautiful the country is, man. It's, it's you know, it, things like that will never, you know, you'll never forget. Of course, and meeting all the great people um, in the industry, of course, as well, from the Bobby Heenans, and I can go on and on to, you know, from Hulk Hogan to Rick Flair and 
I mean, uh, you know, it's, it's just, it's, it's man, it's an honor. But again, uh, I don't want to keep repeating myself, but man, I've just been blessed. No, it sounds like you're like, like a little kid again. Just like you're excited about the sport and just like, you know, so great, so awesome. You're just telling everyone, like, please, if you repeat yourself, do not worry about it. I love the excitement behind it. And then now, you know, being able to work with the younger generation and the younger guys and still be out there. Uh, I think what I know that we're one of the only schools left that actually take guys out on the road. And I, I, I wherever I'm booked at, I usually don't fly. I go, it doesn't matter if it's Florida or New York or whatever. We, we road trip. And on the road, I get to tell these kids stories and, uh, you know, or, or just lessons that I've had in the ring and how to work with different people and just teach them the business. Mm -hmm. Then I can, you know, also taking them in that unfamiliar um, environment and then um, getting them with what I call season, being able to work with guys you haven't seen before or or have uh, no idea who these people are in front of a crowd who knows nothing about you. So you have to learn how to work in front of those people to entertain them. You just don't, you know, that's a big difference between working at home or where your home crowd knows you and your home bones and they cheer for everything you do as mm-hmm. opposed to going, uh, you know, to Mississippi or to Arkansas or to Florida where no one knows you. And now you have to earn that respect. You have to earn that cheer or you have to earn that, that, that boo from, from, from the crowd. And that's what, uh, you know, I think that's, I don't think, I know that that's a big piece of the puzzle that's missing now in the business, you know. And I'm also able when they come back through the curtains, I'm the first one there to tell them good job, or or you should have tightened up on this, or next time do that. So, you know, I I enjoy doing that now more than anything else. So tell us about when you were in ECW. How did they, your you becoming one members of the Baldies come about? Uh Man, that's a good question. I really, uh, <laughs> I really don't remember how it came about. I just know that um, there, there was a group of us guys, uh, Angel, and um, who, who was the leader of the Baldies at the time, and uh, uh, there was a couple other guys. I, I man, my memories are really not that well. I remember um, Rod Price as well, um, being as a part of it, but there were quite a few of the guys, but. Anyway, Paul was trying to find a spot for me, and uh, that pretty much fit me, you know. The as still as today, that's pretty much still my gimmick—the rough street guy, thugging and bugging. And uh, yeah, that that pretty much fit, you know, right then and there with the Baldies. Was it Derek? Go ahead. Go ahead. So, was it there? Is when you met your soon-to-be wife, Jazz? No, Jazz and I actually met through training um, with JYD. Oh, really? Yes, yes. She had traveled down from Memphis. Jazz was um, was was um, actually just a church, a, a church singing in the church in the choir, and uh, she always did watch Channel Five wrestling, Memphis wrestling down there. But <clears throat> she went to the show one day, and uh, I think it was Reggie B. Fine, who's also going to be on our show February 26th here in, in, uh, in San Antonio. He's going to be on the call along with Iceman, but he was one of the first guys that introduced Jazz to the business and uh, and helped her out. But needless to say, I think Jazz 
was there for one day and got in the ring with uh, with Miss Texas at the time. Hmm. We had a match with Miss Texas after one day of practice. <laughs> had no practice. And then, uh, yeah, she decided this is what she wanted to do. And I don't know what, what made her come to Louisiana, but she did and ran into GYD. And I think maybe a month or so later, uh, we all hooked up and started training together. So do, in professional wrestling, do you like being a face or a heel better? I prefer being a heel. It's, it, it's more, well, I, I don't know if you call it heel, but just being a roughneck and let, and let the people decide. I just like to go out there and be me, which is, which is rough and rugged, and anybody knows me, and I don't mean that in a bad way, but I like to fight, you know? So... I'm just, yeah, I'm very competitive and I, I, I love, you know, just brawling, getting down. So um, the heel just fits me, I guess. I guess because of my style, heel fits me better. I mean, Jesus, you talk about, you know, competitive style. I know, I mean, people can't see this on YouTube, but Google Ronnie Mac, everyone, see how big this guy is. I want to, if this guy, if a guy like Ronnie Mack came up to me and wanted to be competitive, I'll be like, okay, you said, okay, you, you win. That's it. We don't want to fuck with you. <laughs> <laughs> so what are some of the, some of the important lessons that you've learned throughout your career? Important lesson. Um, man, be humble. Be humble. Be thankful. Um, it, it, and learn that everything's a process and uh, learn to enjoy the process and not go against the grain. Um, yes, and learn to, learn, learn to speak before you, you, you speak. But um, yeah, man, being humble and um, you know, watching, not, not burn any bridges uh, because the people that you are that you will see on your way up, nine times out of 10, you're gonna see them again on your way down. So always treat people with respect, no matter who they are or where they're from. That's a good way to put it though. When, with people you see going your way up, you'll see going way down. That's so true. Yes, sir. I always so remember true. that. But it's those simple, this is, it's one of those things that's those simple things people don't like think about, I wouldn't even think about until like you said it and it's like, you're right. You're right. Yeah, man. <laughs> One day you're on top, and you know, it's, it, it doesn't always. The sun doesn't always shine. That is true, unfortunately. Yeah, and sometimes we're ugly. Us, and I say us, just people in general. We're ugly to people on the way up. You know, use them as the stepping stone, and not knowing that. Uh, that person has been there, stable in that situation for a while. And uh, one day on your way back down, you may need that same person again. And depending on how you treated them, it'll be, <laughs> would depend on the outcome nine times out of 10. Well, that one time is kind of like, they treated you like a dick first and then it's like, okay, fuck you then. Right. <laughs> I, I, I tried. It's like, Lord, I tried. And it's, yeah, is there yeah. any, 
Is there anything about the wrestling business that you haven't ventured into yet, but you want to learn about? No, no one knows it all, but um, there's not that much that I haven't, and and, and we, we're kind of exploring every a little bit of everything, um, jazz and now like running the shows, and now we're doing the live streaming deal with our partners TSW TSW Plus Network, um, TSW's Texas Style Wrestling, and they're based out of Dallas, Texas, which is our partners. And um, we're doing big things with them, and we're, we're putting, a, you know, the Dog Pound, Dog Pound Championship Wrestling and Texas-style wrestling. Is, um, now we have an app, and we, and we have um, content that we're putting out right now. Um, so that's, that's what we're, we're venturing to now, and um, also trying to get with a few of these um, local uh, Texas companies the, those that are that the, the quality based ones and, and maybe try to do some type of territory deal like was done back in the day but we exchange talent out and um we've been doing that pretty much uh with houston carson out of bryant texas um the lions pride sports and uh, aapw uh, papa don down in uh, austin and then now we're working and have the TSW over in Dallas. And we also work with ROW, um, Booker T's promotion out in Houston. So we, we, we're, we're trying to work talent out, you know, with, with, with quality schools and uh, trying to just improve overall the, uh, the quality of pro wrestling in our Texas area. I'm looking at the uh, Dog Pound Championship Wrestling Facebook page now. You you get some pretty decent ta- talent there. Well, thanks, man. I mean, I mean of, of, of course, ex- ex- I'm saying this excluding you and Jazz, of course. No. But some of the talent I see on the thing, it's like I know this guy, I know this guy, I know B. Bryant. He's been on the show before. He's a great guy. <laughs> it's like I, I know that guy. Right, and I'm trying to surround myself with good people. First of all, mm-hmm. first and foremost, and, and yeah good human beings and good people and we're trying to spread the right the right attitude first of all in the locker rooms you know being professional looking professional and you know just the whole nine yards man and uh i wanted to be and 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 pretty much is what we're doing is making it a home-based uh a home-based promotion with homegrown talent and giving these guys a chance who, who, who never who haven't had a chance or been overlooked or whatever. You know what I mean? So we're trying to just groom our guys and also use um, the Dog Pound Dojo, which is our school. And um, we have been blessed and have about, well, we, we have a decent amount of kids coming out that are very talented and have done and uh, already made an impact and a name for themselves in, uh, in this area of um, pro wrestling. Um, maybe you've heard of a few of them, but Xavier Gotti, um, yep. kid by the name of Soda Pop Hendrix, um, and also have a tag team uh, called the Misfits, uh, the City Boys. So yeah, we have, uh, and, and there's there's a few more, but um, we have some very talented kids mm-hmm. that are there and um, putting in a lot of 
a lot of reps, man. So so they're, they're coming up pretty quick. Do you prefer working in like the smaller indie scene promotions or do you miss the big time with it like the WWE or AECW? Well, I mean, if, if you always want to perform in front of a bunch of fans, I mean, it's just that, it's just that, you know, that, that electricity you feel, but also, um, it's, it's different working the independents, you know, uh, uh, 500 to a thousand people in the Indies, you know, may seem like 10,000, you know, fans in a big arena. And, 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 and the thing about that as well, it's a challenge. Um, to me, it's harder. Um, to work the Indies and, and get the people involved because uh, they're so used to seeing or expecting, you know, something else. Um, the, other, the other thing is, too, um, you have to, in my opinion, uh, you, you get more personal with the fans. Yeah, and that's uh, yeah, and that's always been a better thing for me, you know, for for, for me as a worker, and I'm sure for the fans. I mean, me, me personally, I'd much rather you know spend like three, four hundred dollars on an independent show where I can have a couple of drinks with the guys if anyone's available after the show, get a hotel room so I can sleep off the liquor or whatever, and come back with a like saying like, oh my god. For example, I went um to an LPW show, Lucky Promotion Wrestling, based near Boston, Massachusetts area. And we were able to uh, hang out and party with uh, Supermax, Sean Hernandez. Yeah, a good friend of mine. Oh, yeah, he's a great guy. And just the fact of, you know, knowing that going to the show, meeting him, front row seats, including food, drinks, and everything, was only $400, and that's me spending a night in the Boston area. I prefer any show a lot better. Right, and, and, and that's that's you know, like you say, man, that's something you never forget for the rest of your life. Enjoying, you know, just that that moment, and uh, you don't get to do things like that with the big league. Yeah, even though I got friends that are saying that you sure you want to buy all these wrestlers drinks, it's like, of course, <laughs> this is great. They're willing to drink with me, drinks all around. Right, and if you're I mean, able and capable. Why not? Because you throw it away on something else, something meaningless. Pretty much, yeah. Like a WWE pay-per-view, but that's a different story. Oh. Different, <laughs> different story, different uh. time. <laughs> so yeah, does, the, does the name Tim Lacey ring a bell? Legend. Tim, he calls himself the legend, the one and only legend, Lacey. Tim Lacey. Is oh. he's going around to like young podcasters? And I he got got me with this when I was a younger podcaster, like last year, but still younger and more naive, claiming that he knew all these wrestlers, jazz being one of them. And he's like, Yeah, I've been contacting her. Hundred send me a hundred dollars and she'll be on your show. She'll be on your show. And of course, you know, dumbass me will send the money and all of a sudden, cancellations happen, and he blocked me. Oh, damn. No, I never heard of it. Wow. <laughs> I just want to make sure that it wasn't like, I, I would have felt really bad if you are like, oh, yeah, I knew him. He's a great guy. And they're like, shit. No, never heard of him. That, that screwed up. 
That's screwed up. It's the, it's the world that we live in these days, isn't it? Yeah, you're right. I mean, unfortunately, I mean, I look at it as in it could have been more of an expensive lesson for me. True. <laughs> yeah. So what other wrestling promotions do you watch when you're finally have an evening off or just relaxing? Well, to be honest with you, man, and, and I'm going to be as straight as I can, I really, well, neither of. I really never have an off time. And um, when I am watching wrestling, which is every single day, I'm watching old school stuff. Variations of old school wrestling. And, 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 the, and, and the purpose of that is because of storytelling, because of psychology. It's, it's, um, I can watch the product today, but I can't really teach anything off of it, if you know what I mean, because it's, it's really it's just a bunch of stuff they just throw out there um, for the most part. And I don't really have time to sit there and pick the whole damn night which match could just really, you know, it, it's one that I could think stuff out to teach to my students. But um, so I always go back to old, old, old school stuff from, from 70s, 80s, 90s. And I tell everybody that, in my opinion, and, and um, you could take anyone that era, anyone from that era, those eras, and bring them, if you could bring them back to life today, they'd be megastars. Yeah. There are no super, yeah, there's no, there's no really, there's no one that sticked out. Just to me, it seems like they wrestling back in the older days, didn't matter how, what you look like, you go in there, you just powerhouse kick someone's ass and you leave these days it's all about the flippy all the flippy stuff and making sure getting dave Meltzer's attention for five stars it's like <laughs> and what is the five star man right <laughs> to me, tell you the truth i still haven't figured that out yet right i know everybody goes with the boys in the back will go and match the shit itself but there's people fucking jumping it upside down in their seats and the boys haven't even done anything yet. I mean, every time I thought, I think, every time I think I see the five-star match, it turned out that Messer gave it like three and a half or four. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Right. Yeah. And who's the judge? That's what I mean. Should be those people that's paying. Well, it's just, you know, it's just a society we live in today with all the judging going on. It just goes along with it. <laughs> that's how I that's how I look at it and I just shrug my shoulders and turn on yeah. 1980s wrestling yeah and it still bums me out though that you you broke the news to me about SWE yeah I I, yeah, I, I, I googled your name before and it said it mentioned SWE championship tell the championship on Google so I'm just like okay that's cool. Not thinking well, that. Well, I still am, and that's why there's a lot of fans that that are going off about that. Because I still am, and I still have possession of the SWE Television Championship. But um, uh, yeah, they've said there's other people. Those are the guys. That, let's say I think Charlie Hoss, who's the uh, world champion, heavyweight champion, and I think Evil East. Is the, is the league is the woman's champion, and I think they still um, use that belt and represent the company. But SWE hasn't ran a show since or 
did anything since the, what I told you. So like June or something, or last year, June, July. So I hear, I hear that that there's some business they're doing with the um, world class championship wrestling. Yeah, Charlie Haas, Haas was another wrestler on that list of people that guy saying you bring on. I'm sorry. Yeah, <laughs> I just look at it. I'm just like, like, yeah, and just move on. I, I couldn't hear you. I'm sorry. Oh, what's up? I'm sorry. What would you say about Charlie? I couldn't hear you. No, I said Charlie Haas was another one of the uh, what's the people that wrestler claimed that he could bring on the show. Oh, right. Now, Charlie Haas was cool enough. I messaged him about it after the third cancellation, and I was like, "All right, be honest with me here. <laughs> what's going on here?" And he said, "Like, I'm sorry, I never heard of that guy before." And I was like, "Thank you for responding to me. I appreciate that." Right. I could just blow me off, but yeah, he's another one I have a great deal of respect for back in the WWF uh, days. Charlie, Charlie's a good guy, man. He's good people. Yeah, he wouldn't do that. Yeah, I know he had some like a bumps in the road in his personal life, which I feel so sorry for him because he is a good guy. Yeah, yes, man. Uh, I know him really well. Him, him and I grew up in the business together, you know, since uh, the OVW days. Um, but yeah, he's always been a good guy and yeah, he's, he's good people, but we all we all go through some rough times, and yeah, he he's coming out of some rough times, and uh, uh he's a soldier, though, man. Um, he's back on top, back on his feet, and uh, now he's he's working with world class, and uh, also with Impact. With Impact, yep. yep. I you were an OVW for a period of time in your career, weren't you? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah, OVW has been really great helping me out with this show. OVW, yeah, that's the that's the training grounds of all of all of us. Mm -hmm. OVW has such a they had such a historic history to it. You know that John Cena come out of it, Brock Lesnar, Randy Orton. I think it's it's like underrated. I think it needs more like you know hype behind the brand. Well, well, yeah, that's where we all come out of, really. Yeah. That was the whole, that's the whole crop. Yeah. Yeah, now, yeah, it was the, all of us. Man. Even send the guys back to Jim Jack, Sean O'Hare. Yeah. Oh, man, we had them all. Johnny the Bull, uh, Charlie Horses, but, you know, yeah, they all passed through. We all passed through them. Um, Bobby Lashley, Johnny Morrison. I mean, man, we could sit here all day long. Man, I'm surprised it's not getting the um, notoriety it deserves. Right. But I mean, and, and goes to show you, but look who was running the camp, Danny Davis and, and, and uh, Jim Cornette. Is Cornette still running it? I thought uh, Al Snow was. No, but I said back in the day. Oh, back in the day. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Back yeah, in the day. Back yeah. in the day when Cornette was running Ring of Honor as well. All right, that's right. Back, in the, back in the old days. Yeah, so what yeah. do you think, what do you think professional wrestling needs to stop doing and needs to start doing to get, Gather more fans. Do I bring more fans in? Well, number one, in the ring, sell more shit and, and, and stop doing crazy shit. Use in-ring psychology. Make the business believable again. Make it a competition instead of a damn joke. 
And I think people will start going back to watching it, you know? Better guys, yeah, I mean, you, you do sit in the ring and look at the fans for applause. They're cheerleaders now. Instead of, you know, having a competition with their opponent and then letting the fans react. When was the last time you saw it, WWE programming? Yeah, man. <laughs> I don't want to lie to you. I have no idea. No idea. Years. Ten years. So I was dumb enough to see the Royal Rumble because I heard <laughs> the, the Forbidden Door's opening. Vince is going to let the Forbidden Door open. So I'm like, all right, I'll catch it. You know, worst comes to worst, he'll just fuck that up. And sure enough, he fucked that up. And I was like, huh, no surprise. <laughs> Oh god! Mm-hmm. Did you watch any of the game? You watch any of the game last night? Yes, I did. I watched quite a bit. Of it. That was a good game last night. That was a really it good. It was, man. It was. I thought it was. It was good, and it, it played down to the end, man. I thought so too. I knew it would take one mistake, one screw up, and that was it. That's yeah. how close it. Was. And I really think when number 83 dropped that ball on the third down. Yeah. For Cincinnati, one of their last possessions. When he dropped that ball, that was a mm-hmm. But those are, the, those are the best games, though, knowing that one small mistake like that. Right, right. Damn right. It, it wasn't one-sided either way. Man, that was a game. That was deep. That was some final words going back and forth. And I give a lot of respect for Cincinnati. And in Vegas' eyes, Cincinnati uh, lost the game, but they didn't lose the spread. So whoever put money on Cincinnati would have won. Yeah, so kind of like a nice little bittersweet, both sides winning. Yeah. Hey, it, was, it was awesome Super Bowl. No, it was really good. I thought it was one of the better ones in years. Yes, sir. So in five years, what do you see yourself? Oh, I see us, man. Uh, TSW Plus and Donald Crown Championship Wrestling, man, really being pretty, being very successful and running a very successful uh, indie promotion. Having a uh, Dog Pound Dojo being one of the top wrestling schools in the country. And, uh, yeah, I see us growing, growing um, pretty big. What do you think about Matt Cardona winning the NWA World Championship? Um, man, I think it's great. Uh, the guy sure worked his butt off for that spot and uh, well deserved. Um, and and, and, and he, he he took it from a, a, a deserving champion at, at, at the same time. Um, yeah, I think Matt's going to do great things for the industry. A lot of people believe that if he didn't go through the the after leaving Vince, if he didn't go through the GCW way and did a couple of death matches to show that he is not like a WWE entertainer, he is real, he is hardcore, he wouldn't have the success. Would you believe? It? Would you agree with that or not? Oh. Uh. No, you know, man, maybe something that that sounds that that sounds right. Uh, maybe he had a point to prove to himself, and not just himself, to the people that, like you said, because they between being a professional wrestler and a sports entertainer. 
I don't never consider myself and never have a sports entertainment. I always look at sports entertainment and professional wrestling as two different sport, two different things. That's true. I mean, which is I tell people because if you tell anybody in wrestling fans' eyes, they'll get all offended. It's like there's nothing wrong with it. There's absolutely nothing wrong with it. But let's call a spade a spade here. <laughs> right. Right. Definitely, definitely two different things. Yeah, absolutely. So after your career is done, how would you like to be remembered? Oh, man, as, as a true professional, man, uh, I'd I like to, you know, think of uh, me as being one of the hardest workers there ever was in the business. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm a diehard, man. Um, I love to give back to the game. And uh, I want to be remembered more for giving back. Than anybody ever remember what I've accomplished in them. Being in the business for as long as you have, how has the game changed when it comes to mental health? Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, man. Say that again. Explain that with me. I mean, how could you, um, being in the business as long as you have, how has the business? from a mental health point of view, it's changed. Because I know everyone's more concerned about, you know, more alert about mental health. But back in 1980s, it wasn't a big deal in professional wrestling. Right. Um, and, 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 and I get it, but, uh, but you know, I, I, I really, I do and I don't, because uh, I mean, professional wrestling, it, it is what it is, and uh, uh, it's just, man, it's not just wrestling, just everything today, just people, it just starts. You know, uh, they saw skinned and, 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 and uh, pro wrestling is a tough, it's a tough business. Um, you know, the monster is what it is, and it's, it's, it's tough on you physically to a hell of a point, which also affects you mentally. You know, and, um, I, I just think it's different than back in the day it was pro wrestling, and that's a different mindset to me than, um, than a sports entertainer. So the mentality is to me is two different, you know, two different animals. Oh, absolutely. With everything else in the world today, everything, the mentality changed over the years. Yeah. Um, and I think when we're going back to what you said, I guess, I don't know, mentally, maybe it weighed more on you back in the day than uh, just making it, just being a professional, just going through the uh, the grind that it took to be a pro wrestler um, as opposed to now. Um, and, and it's, you know, it's real talk. Now it, you can go in any corner and find a school or a way to get into pro wrestling. So, and, I don't, and, and, and you don't have to go through the same type of grind physically. So, you know, I don't know. Things are, it shouldn't be as mentally taxing as it would. Yeah. So, what upcoming events do you have on your scheduler that's already set, signed, walked in, ready to go? Oh, right now, man, I'm you know, focusing on, like I said, the Dog Pound Championship Wrestling, which is February 26th. 
and that is going to be it is, it's called <clears throat> excuse me the name of the event is called cold bloody which features um uh will will be there is a hall of famer uh and texas legends the Iceman King Parsons and Reggie be fine. Uh, and there's also like 10 other matches on the card. So um, February 26th, March 25th, we're in Casterville, um, Texas. And uh, the 20, 25th and 26th, we have, a, we have a double shot. 26th, we're back in San Antonio. And then April the 1st, TSW, the TSW Plus Network, we're running a show April the 1st at, uh, for the WrestleCon, WrestleMania. You aren't slowing down with this whole COVID BS going on. Well, we've been, we've been fortunate um, on that behalf as far as the business-wise that it, it, it hasn't really slowed down much. Man. Uh, you, you're a big guy. You're not afraid of COVID, are you? Man, to be honest with you, I, I feel I'm covered by the blood of Jesus, but I can't, there ain't a mask big enough to protect us from all this crap. So I eat healthy. I, I do the right things, what I think is the right things, and uh, try to keep myself healthy and my immune system strong as possible. And just, hey man, wish for the best. And if it comes near you, you just body swim it. Yeah, I thug and bug on COVID, man. <laughs> you, you, you chase it back to China. <laughs> So where can people find you on social media? Oh man, I'm mainly I, I'm a Facebook guy, but um yes, uh mainly um dog pound championship wrestling.com man and uh the dog at the dojo you can email me as well at uh, dog pound championship wrestling at gmail.com. But um yeah uh, Facebook me, Rodney Begno. Um and that's that's mainly me. Well, I appreciate your time, sir. Thank you very much. It was an honor to talk to you. You have no idea how much of an honor it was. Thank you very much. Thank you, guys, man. And please come check us out at dogpondchampionshipwrestling.com and TSW Plus Network. And if you have any events you need, want me to plug, you know, help plug away, just shoot me a DM. I sure will, man. I appreciate you guys. Y'all, thanks for having me on. And it was an honor and pleasure. It was, the honor was all mine, sir. Thank you very much. And give my best to Jazz. Even though she doesn't know who the hell I am, just say there's a kid in, in Southern Vermont that respects everything she, she's done over her years. And thank you. That's what's up, man. I'm sure she will appreciate that, brother. Much love to you guys, man. And thank you very much. You take care of yourself. Be safe. Yes, sir. Hey, bye-bye.